Hey, welcome to Worth Watching Once. As always, this is Brady and Thais. Hello. And this week we are going over how it ends. How it all ends. A Netflix original, as always. <laughs> you know, I guess we'll get into whether it's worth watching or not. We, we just talked about it a little bit, but I still don't really have a feel for which way you're going to go with this one. So I'm excited to hear, and we'll probably touch on that uh, near the end after talking about it for a bit. For but sure. this one is, you know, it's rated TVMA. And this is another thing Tayson and I were just talking about. Apparently, which makes sense, Netflix originals don't have traditional MPAA ratings. So they just give like, you know, I guess television ratings. That yeah. seems to be the case. Sorry, I didn't mean to Yeah, for, for, if we're going with the, the IMDb rating, it has a 5.0, which is not great. And the Rotten Tomatoes rating is 17 for critics and 16 for audience. Not great. Not great. Not great stuff at all. And actually, I went into this movie completely blind, as I usually do. <laughs> I didn't read a synopsis. I didn't see any reviews. I anytime dove right into it. Dove right in. Like even on Netflix where it has the, you know, like the, the poster, right, of the movie. Yeah. I tried not to look at it too much because <laughs> I didn't want anything to be given away. <laughs> yeah. And I was very excited for where this movie was going to go <laughs> and how things were going to end. <laughs> and how things were going to end. And yeah. unlike you, I have seen this one before. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the first couple we did, I hadn't seen before. I had seen this one. Um, so, you know, I think you probably know what I'm going to say about it, but anytime you see a movie a second time, you have kind of a different opinion. You're watching it differently, mm -hmm. but let's talk quickly about who's in it. Yes. There are, you know, there's a big name in it and then a couple of lesser names in it, as is often the case with a Netflix original like this. So the big name obviously is Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Which and I wanted to ask, what do you know him from? What do I, I, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But like, what's like the one thing, like when you think of him, what's like the go-to movie for you? The Last King of Scotland. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Last King of Scotland. What about you? <laughs> Phone booth. <laughs> Phone booth. Yes. Yes. You know, when I was looking at his IMDb, I was like, I saw phone booth and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. He plays the detective, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, what a great and basically movie. The whole movie is like, it was Colin Farrell, right? In the phone booth. I think so. Yeah. I just, it's funny. Cause I, I watched that movie young. It was one of those things where like my parents had it on DVD and I was just kind of like looking through and I was like, Ooh, I've never seen this before. Cause you know, I'm like young. Yeah. And I put it on and I remember being like at the edge of my seat, like what's going to happen? Like everything's happening, blah, blah, blah. So, but I've definitely haven't seen it as an adult, <laughs> but that really, for me, I think put Forrest Whitaker as like, anytime he's in a movie, my heart's going to be like in my throat was how I was going into this movie feeling like that. Cause I was like, well, if he played that he's type of character, guy. he's a thriller guy. And like, obviously like, I've seen him in other things. And I was trying to remember, like, what was, you know, the seed that was planted into my brain <laughs> for Forrest mm -hmm. Whitaker. And that was that was it for me. It was phone booth. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, he's, he's always good. Uh, he yeah. always pretty much brings his A game. I thought he brought oh, it yeah. in this. Mm -hmm. 
he was definitely like the strong point in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that people always recognize about Forrest Whitaker, and when I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago that this was going to be our next movie and you saw Forrest Whitaker and you're like, <laughs> oh, that's the guy with the eye. Like, I wish yeah, you didn't. So, we we have to talk about it, Tony. So it's out there. <laughs> I don't want our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so is, but you know, just a quick fact. So I looked into a bit. It's it's mm-hmm. called ptosis, and it's genetic. His father had it, mm-hmm. and uh, what I read was that he's considered having surgery on it to fix it, not for cosmetic reasons, but to help him see better. Oh wow! But he just hasn't hasn't done it. So it seems like it's something that he's dealt with his whole life. It's genetic and uh, called ptosis. So that's what's going on with his left eye. Mm-hmm. His, uh, it's also called a lazy eye. And he really is an incredible talent. The reason I think of him from Last King of Scotland, that's what he won a Best Actor Oscar for. Uh-huh. Uh, so he won that for uh, at, at the 2006 or 2007 Oscars um, Best Actor. And that really is an incredible movie if you haven't seen it. I don't think I have, or if I have, it might've been one of those that I might've fallen asleep. When it's a really good movie, I tend to fall asleep, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is, it's, it's weird, but maybe here's some, some psychology behind it. Maybe, I don't know. I'm no doctor, but I'm going to play one here on this podcast. Please do. Um, <laughs> if a movie is so good that it gets my mind thinking, I get lost in daydreams and then poof, done. I'm in, I'm out. I like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. there's definitely something behind that. But something like Secret Obsession, you are just like wrapped with. Yeah, because... Because it's awful. Yeah, it was bewildering. Bewildering. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. <laughs> so that, that was Forrest Whitaker. He wasn't... Uh, you know, he was probably one of the two major characters in it. The other one was Theo James who I didn't recognize, uh, but I never, it seems like the big role he had was the Divergent series, which oh, yeah. I never watched. I think I put on Divergent once and I got like five minutes in and I shut it off. It was just like, this isn't for me. What about um, the Underworld series, <laughs> movie series? <laughs> is he in that too? He is. So like later on, he's a original vampire. I guess I could always just look it up, but um, his was name he was... Was the first Underworld? Or did he show up in like... Because there have been like, he's... what, like five Underworld movies? Yeah. So he's been in like the later ones when they introduced okay. the... Um, he was to... No, that was the other thing. What was his name in Underworld? Yeah. So he was in Underworld Awakening and Underworld Blood Wars. <laughs> well, what I was surprised to see that he was in was The Witcher, which came oh. out on Netflix late 2019. Uh, I probably watched it. Yeah, I probably watched it when it came out. I loved it. So I was surprised he was in it because I didn't recognize his character's name. I didn't recognize him being in it. So I had to do a little digging. Mm -hmm. And apparently he shows up. He doesn't show up in it at all. But in the very last episode of season one, you hear his voice. And he's going to play. His voice was for a major character in the books. Mm-hmm. And apparently that character will now play a big factor in like season two and the story moving forward. So they introduced him just with his voice in season one. And presumably he'd be playing this character in season two. Right. So we didn't actually even get to see him in season one. But that was really the the one property that I recognized him from. Yeah. And kind of looking forward to seeing him now 
you know, the character and him and the, the series season two when it comes out. Yeah, I was that. Theo James was, uh, I didn't know him at all. I knew him. Yeah. His face looked familiar to me. I just, I couldn't place him. Cause I also didn't see divergent. Um, when I looked it up, I was like, Oh yeah, I guess he was in underworld and underworld's one of those, like the movies kind of for me all blend in together <laughs> and I don't like know. Resident Evil. Yeah. It, it, there's just so many yeah, that like, I, yeah. and really I'm only in it for her. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale is just, you know, the epitome of a woman. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I set my bar very high. Um, apparently he was in Downtown Abbey, which I, Downtown, that's cute. Downtown, downtown Abbey. <laughs> downtown Abbey. Um, and he also, speaking of voiceovers, because he does. Um, is he British? You know, I don't know that, but <laughs> maybe because he, I was going to say he's a voice actor also for Castlevania and um dark crystals which he i didn't see dark crystal but from the uk yeah oh there wow. you go so yeah so voice actor i i like people that can be voice actors like voice actors is yeah i'm in on this guy voice acting is very underrated it's, yeah it's difficult so if you can do it you you've got some talent there yeah can we talk about my girl <laughs> i'm so excited to talk about my girl <laughs> Take it away. You're all in. This is Cat Graham, right? You are Cat all Graham. in on Cat Graham. Yes. So, as you know, maybe our listeners do know or don't know, but I've been binge watching the crap out of Vampire Diaries. So, for those of you, Cat uh, Graham plays our girl, Bonnie Bennett, you know, resurrecting freaking queen. She can't die. Spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> um, but I think, in a way, you know, in a, in a movie like how it ends, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, Bonnie Bennett can't die. So Cat Graham's going to be safe in this movie was what, you know, I was just thinking. Um, but looking into like, I've known Cat Graham f- growing up and I couldn't figure it out. So I started looking more into what she's been in. And it's funny because she's not credited in it. But if you look at pictures, like I just put like Cat Graham images because <laughs> why not? Well, first of all, she was in Parent Trap and I completely forgot about that movie she was their friend (laughs) and I think that might have been like the first movie she was ever in so she's like like a child actress but she was also in Lizzie McGuire and like no one's talking about it and I think that's where I know her from because I definitely remember Lizzie McGuire over the parent trap (laughs) I definitely watched Lizzie McGuire do Mm -hmm. not remember her nor do I think I would Mm, yeah she was friends with the popular girl there that was like a bully to everybody I will say I forget all their names, but <laughs> she was in Lizzie McGuire. But when you look up her stuff on Google, like it doesn't come up as being Lizzie McGuire. But then if you look up pictures, it shows her clearly in episodes, plural, yep, with different outfits. Yep, I see it. Uh, she was in Honey 2, which I think I watched and did not put the two and two together because she is. It says that she's a, a dancer and a model, which I agree. <laughs> And believe mm-hmm. um, Well, quick, quick side note here. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm looking at Cad Graham in an episode of Lizzie McGuire, and someone else who's next to her is and I don't know how to say her name, Milana Von Trub, who is the AT and T spokesman. Whoa, Lizzie. that's why she looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people come to our podcast to learn about these movies, and they leave with so much more. So many fun facts. Oh, we're just here. I'm gonna send you a link to this video. This is this is interesting. Lizzie McGuire, man, people Lizzie are McGuire. on that show. Yeah, Lizzie McGuire was like the Disney Channel SVU. Everybody, 
ends up on it. That's and a good way to put it. Yep. <laughs> Disney Channel SVU. Disney Channel. Exactly it. She looks Crazy, so right? sad. <laughs> I know. Like, that's like the saddest picture I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. I butchered that name probably. I wish I knew how to say that name because that was tough on the spot. You tried. I believe in yeah, you. Yeah, I tried. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anything Anything else about Kat Graham? Uh, yeah, she was in 17 again, which just came on Netflix recently. Yeah, um, it's like the number three movie on there right now. And fun fact, not that anyone probably cares, but that was one of the first movies Jared and I watched together when we first started dating. I had it on DVD. I brought it over. It was a little movie night. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and then The Roommate, which is also an underrated movie. Yes, uh, that's one that I saw during quarantine. And uh, I I don't even remember what happened in that movie. It was, <laughs> I actually don't either, but um, she's so, in it. So, so bad, but so, like, strangely enjoyable, I think, probably, mm-hmm. for my, my state of mind. Yeah. No, that would have been a good one yeah. for quarantine. But yeah, Kat Graham, which I think the first time I read her name, I said, Graham, which you know we all make mistakes. No doubt. Yeah, Graham crackers. Gray, yeah, as they should be. As they should be. Uh, and then who's our who's our our fourth but not least? Act. Yeah, I also want to talk about Grace Dove, who shows up. Uh, I don't know at the the beginning of the second act, you could say. And I I thought she was good in it. Uh, she did a good job playing the character of Ricky. The only thing that I recognized her from, and I didn't recognize her at all. I just saw yeah, her I didn't on her IMDb page. She was in The Revenant, and she's credited as playing the wife of Hugh Glass. And Hugh Glass was Leo DiCaprio, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in his Academy Award-winning role. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an unbelievable movie and an unbelievable performance. But I didn't even remember seeing his wife on screen at all. Um, I think she shows up at the very end of the movie mm. and that's it. So I, I don't think, I mean, she doesn't even have a name that she's credited with for the movie. So I don't think she played a, a major role other than maybe being a driving force for Hugh to get back to his family, but pretty impressive that she had that role in that movie. And that, that's really all that I recognize her from. It doesn't seem like she's in much else. She's in the the TV series The Order, uh, which I think is a, a Netflix original or or a show that I've seen on Netflix. Don't know much about it, but that's another one that she's credited as being in. Other than that, I don't even recognize anything else. It's funny because on um, Google, when you click under TV shows, it that's not on there. Oh really? <laughs> I shouldn't trust Google, huh? If anyone learns yeah. anything from listening to us, is that we should not trust Google. <laughs> apparently. <Fair point>. <laughs> Interesting. So that's really the bulk of the cast. The cast that have like actual lines and yeah, <laughs> yeah, like mean anything. I mean, there are others, but we want to do a quick synopsis because I don't even think we mentioned the synopsis yet. What this movie's about? Can you, can you read the Google synopsis here? Oh, can I? Can I read the Google synopsis? In the midst of an apocalypse, a man struggles to reach his pregnant wife who is thousands of miles away. Ooh, I like that. That's a good one. The, the one from Netflix is, worried about his pregnant fiancée amid a sudden cataclysm, a young lawyer embarks on a dangerous road trip west, west with his future father-in-law. 
I like how they tell you he's a lawyer. Like they put a lot of weight on. If I had read that before watching this movie, I think I would have expected more about the lawyer bit. Like that would have played into it in some way. Yeah. yeah. Um, on IMDb, we actually have a different one. It says a desperate man tries to return home to his pregnant fiance after a mysterious apocalyptic event turns everything to chaos. Oh, I like that. It has a lot of bugger in the mento. <laughs> I think I like that one the best. And it, I think I did too. But then it, but it doesn't it mention any, nothing about the father-in-law. Who's which is the main character. It's really the, <laughs> really this movie is about the bonding experience between a son and a future father-in-law. Like mm-hmm. that's really what it is about uh, their relationship and uh, Theo James character trying to win the approval of Forrest Whitaker's character. Yeah. It's a family movie. That's, that's like what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't so disagree. <laughs> with, with all that in mind, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the movie before we started and it sounds like there's some questions. So quick new segment alert where Thais is going to ask some questions about the movie and I'm going to do my best to answer them here. <laughs> but why don't we just dive into some of these questions and see, see where we're at. Well, <laughs> I mean, some of them are personal and then some of them are about the movie itself. And then some of them are just about society that I guess I just don't understand. <laughs> oh, I love this. So <laughs> we, we go deep on this show. <laughs> Well, like one of the first things, and, and it's funny that you mentioned, because now that seeing the movie and getting to the end and realizing how it ends and you saying, you know, that the, the movie is like about the relationship between the father-in-law and his future son-in-law. The first thing that I wrote down, I was like, if he hates this guy so much, Forrest Whitaker hates the guy who's dating his daughter so much, like why would he invite him along? What what use does he see in this man? <laughs> That's a great question and i get that that was the whole point of the movie but i guess i wanted because i feel like that question was never answered (laughs) i think yeah no it it wasn't and i would guess that he's one there are probably a few reasons one he's doing it for his daughter Mm -hmm. you know he wants to make sure we find out later that you know he's aware of the pregnancy yeah Spoiler alert. So, yeah, spoiler alert. That's fine. <laughs> he, he's aware of the pregnancy. And so he knows that they're going to have a kid together. So he probably is comfortable reuniting the, the father of his daughter's baby with his daughter and wants that to happen. I think, too, you know, he's he's a military guy. He spent most of his adult life in the Marines, if he was telling the truth, I assume that he was. <laughs> and he always carried himself and spoke and, you know, acted like a military man. Well, you saw, like, so the ribbons he, and stuff he won or was awarded, or I don't know how oh, to okay. phrase this. Yeah, at the start of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he, he probably understands that he's going to have a much easier time going, you know, 2,000, 1,500 miles, whatever, with another guy who can you know, take over the wheel while he takes a snooze. It's yeah, tough I guess to go cross country like that. Just, just by yourself. Maybe true, so. need an extra set of eyes. Right. So it was more tactful than it was. I think like, it was a, personal. I think it was a tactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think there was a little personal there, but I think it's also a, a tactical type situation, which I mean, it's a, it's a disaster movie. When this movie started in my head, I was like, yes, I love disaster movies. I love apocalyptic things. I just, I want it all to end. And the title, 
<laughs> made me feel like this is it. And I'm like, oh, is it going to be aliens? Is it going to be, you know, the world's imploding inside itself? Is it like, I? Pff, who knows? Is it Corona? I don't know. Like I was just, I was very excited. Um, but it made me think, would you have acted the way that these people acted? Like, what is your, should we set up a disaster plan? Basically, Brady, if right now the world were to start ending, should me and you like, okay, we're all going to meet at our friend's cabin, you know, in Canada. <laughs> like if our phone stopped working, like how would we know? Cause the whole point I'm like, he's traveling from Chicago all the way to Seattle. How does he know she's going to still be in Seattle? Like, why Tight. Why would he risk I'm it? I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> thank you so much for mentioning this. This is a big note that I had because they go all the freaking way to Seattle. And exactly, like, you know, you show up and you, you need a plan. Have yeah. a plan in place. Yes. Obviously, I mean, I don't have a plan. I don't either. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody here, but I'm saying, yes, I'm with you. Our takeaway should be we need a plan. We need a plan. We need a plan. Hey, if this happens, you know, if we get separated mm-hmm. and there's an apocalyptic cataclysm, <laughs> we are going to, you know, meet here or, yep. you know, if we're separated, you know, we're going to do this or that. We got to get the plan in place. Got, right. Because this whole just, hey, we're going to just drive to Seattle <laughs> yeah, through, like- through the middle of America. Like, holy smokes. You have no idea what you're driving into, what what's going to be if they're even going to be there, like if I'm in Seattle and there's like, you know, an apocalyptic event, I'm not just going to hunker down in my apartment. I'm no. probably going to try to get out of Dodge. I'm right. going to try to go move inland. And so that's the thing. Like me in Seattle, I'm not going to be there. You need a plan in place. You need a plan. You don't even know like what's going on in Seattle. You don't know if like the, the town has been evacuated. Like you don't, you don't know anything. You don't know if they're all right. They might be thinking the same thing. And they're like, ah, shit, I got to go to Chicago now. Yeah. And we need some other, like if the cell phones aren't working, we need backup communication. Yeah. Like, I don't mean we as in like, you know, society, man. I mean, like we, Mm -hmm. we need backup communication. So I can be like, all right, I'm going to get on the walkie talkie. I know I'm going to get on a CB radio. I know we go to, you know, 14 band and we're going to be there talking. (laughs) <laughs> that's what we have to do which brings me actually before i because i was gonna say it brings me it's ah oh, that would have been a good segue but i messed it up <laughs> i just wanted to say this real quick it's two thousand miles away chicago from seattle i'm just looking it up on google maps yep. it says it would take us a day and six hours to drive there i was thinking that too because <laughs> it takes like a week yeah. For them to get there, obviously they ran into some. Right. And they have to, I mean, this is like assuming, driving. yeah, like we don't stop to pee and get snacks and gas mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. And there's no apocalypse right now that we right. know. <laughs> I've, I've driven from Boston to LA in like, and we did probably in like five days and we stopped a bunch. Damn. So Chicago to Seattle. I think you can do that in like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like these guys would be now. Yeah, they did run in some trouble, but I still think it, it should have been a lot easier than it was for them. Yeah. And maybe that's what they were thinking too. Like maybe that was, he was like, Oh, you know, we'll just get there in a couple of days. See if my daughter's okay. Probably bring her home. Thinking, like, yeah. um, but the whole, you know, plan for having a radio thing brings me to my next question, which Jared actually brought this up while we were watching. Um, if this guy is an army dude, shout out to Jared. 
this guy's an army dude. Why didn't he think to use AM radio instead of FM? Everybody's using FM the whole time. They're like, oh, the radios are down. <laughs> and like the, 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 the government has this stuff in place. Yeah. Like if, if like cell phones stop working, like they know what to do. They have like old school tech in place to start sending out radio transmission stuff. It's like not that complicated. Mm-hmm. So the fact they were like, oh, there's no work from the government and stuff. It's like, no, there definitely would be. Like if the national government's gone, like at least state government, local government, something would, would be happening. There would be some communication. So that was kind of wild. But again, they're making an apocalypse movie. So I get it. You know, take a few liberties, but seemed like a stretch. So then that brings me to, <laughs> okay, so the world has shut down. Like we, you know, communication's down, electricity's gone. It's been a few days now. Would towns start like bordering themselves like what we saw in the movie? Like they're traveling from town to town and they're seeing like all these like checkpoints. And I was just very confused as to like why that would be. And like, how would they know to do that? Like, are, is everybody just going and congregating in the middle of the street and like figuring out like what to do? They're like, we can't let strangers come into our town. And like, why wouldn't you want people to come in your town? Or like, why aren't you getting out of town? Like. <laughs> You know, a few years ago, I would have totally agreed with you. I think the, I think people would absolutely be shutting down the borders of their town, like 1,000%. I think exactly what we saw when they rolled up to, like, his friend's town, like, that's exactly what would be happening. But why? Because <laughs> people are scared, and when they're scared, they just, like, freak out and just, like, they don't trust anybody. I mean, for kind of good reason, as we saw, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of people you couldn't trust in that movie. So I, I totally see that happening. I would not be like one of those dudes on the pickup truck with a shotgun being like, you know, you can't come in our town, but I can definitely see people doing that in certain areas, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So like small towns, I could see them, you know, barricading themselves and not letting people in or out or whatnot. But when the disaster first started right and Mm -hmm. you know the um airports were shutting down and everyone started like trying to evacuate the city we see lines of cars where are they all going and where did they go because i feel like throughout the movie we don't see all those cars anymore we like we don't run and i get that they were like going in the back roads because they're like it's dangerous to get on the highways and whatever and maybe that was just like a an easy way to write that off so they wouldn't have to hire more people and more cars and spend more money. But <laughs> I just, I was curious to see, like, why didn't we see more signs of saying, you know, this town closed, go to your nearest triage area or like something like I. I'm going to try. I don't have a good answer. I'm going to try <laughs> to explain though. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to really dig down deep here and try to explain. <laughs> I think with the cars, it's like, you know, when you're in a traffic jam, <laughs> and it's like, where are all these cars going? You're just like not moving. And then all of a sudden you just like start moving again. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no like accident or exit or something. It's just like you start moving. You're like, what happened? So I think sometimes cars just like, I don't know what it is. It's inexplicable. You're just like in a traffic jam and there are just like cars and you just don't move. <laughs> I think that's it. And they just don't go anywhere. They don't have anywhere to go. So I think that's what's going on here. That was a good explanation. <laughs> Two. <laughs> I think they're driving through like, I wish I was looking at a map right now of like, you know, if you leave Chicago, do you go through like Iowa or, you know, you're driving through like, or South Dakota. I don't know where they're going, but I'm not picturing 
sounds like I've never been to South Dakota, so I'm I haven't really either. ignorant right now. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I don't know a lot about South Dakota, mm-hmm. but I'm picturing South Dakota, like, you know, the Badlands and stuff and, and uh, Mount Rushmore. I just picture towns being like a thousand miles apart, mm-hmm. not literally, but, you know, like dozens of miles apart. Like you come to a small town, it's like, okay, it's like the gas station. We have to go here or else like, you know, there's not going to be another one for a hundred miles. Yeah, that's just kind of how I picture this. Like in like Montana and Idaho, I kind of have the same same image. Yeah, which I mean, we saw good stretches of that in the movie too. I mean, part this movie could have been I don't know forty five minutes shorter if we cut out all of the cinematic Im- like images scenes of them driving mm. forever mm. in like the straightest, flattest. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, and it was it was all filmed, I think, in like British Columbia. It was all filmed in Canada. And British Columbia, you know, has that same kind of look as like hmm. Idaho and Montana. So it, it worked for yeah for that section of the country. I mean, it was beautiful. It made me want to travel. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely. Um, but I just I didn't understand the way people were acting. And in disaster movies, I think that's why I like watching them because it it always puts this question in my head of how would my neighbors react during an event like that? And how would I react? Like, would I be skeptical of everyone that came my way? Would I, or would I be like the, maybe the naive one that still wants to hold on to, to humanity and be like, no, I'll, I'll give you a ride, stranger. You have a gun in your pocket. Who cares? Like, get in my car with me and I'll, I'll drive you to where you need to be. Like, I just wonder how realistic that is. If like the moment we lose electricity and stuff, like there's just a switch in people's minds and they're like, well, it's time to just go ape shit and just start, you know, breaking windows and stealing people's cars and raping and pillaging. I don't know. Like, I just wonder. Like exactly what you said was, uh, you know, the classic Twilight Zone monsters on Maple Street. Have you ever seen that episode? No. Like a classic Twilight Zone that, that looks into exactly that. Like there's a certain block, you know, classic town, Maple Street. And, you know, these neighbors lose power. Things start working and they just all like go ape on each other. Is that and human nature? Just a look at that sort of stuff. Well, that, that's kind of what it explores. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we have a, a good answer for that. I think some people, you know, I, I think a lot of people maintain their humanity and try to help people out mm-hmm. in the worst situations. Even the people who are, are cautious aren't necessarily outwardly violent. They just aren't necessarily ready to help people and try more to protect themselves and keep to themselves. I think it's a very narrow section of the population that's like outwardly violent, trying to take advantage of the, the situation. Yeah. My guess, but. Because I was thinking like, okay, so in this situation, right? Like we, we're used to living with, I mean, we're, we have a podcast for crying out loud. Like we need electricity. <laughs> like we're, we're living the cushy life, right? So if a disaster were to happen, like, I think I would want to go someplace where, because for me, like I wouldn't know how to take care of myself without the way that I live now. So maybe I would try and find people that have been living without all the cushy stuff forever and like go live with them. Like they've made it this far without needing, you know, to get Amazon groceries every week. Amazon? Where are you going to go for that place? No, I mean, I'm sure there's people that just like live out in like, I mean, I'm not saying like, Amish. 
We'd go to Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay, so we're going to Pennsylvania. We figured it out. <laughs> okay. I was yeah, thinking okay. like just people that live like even if they have like their own little generators or like it doesn't mean like no electricity whatsoever, but like I people oh, that okay like my like, parents have, who have a generator are just like yeah. buzz up there and <laughs> hang out there and like still play Xbox. Or like people that live off the grid with like their own little trailer in the middle of the desert yeah. somewhere. Like they hunt their own food. I'm romanticizing these people, but <laughs> yeah, no, but like even going up to like uh, you know, like Madison, New Hampshire, like mm. you know, a Caribou, Maine, you know, yeah. these like more remote places where yeah, people are just living off the grid and you know, make their own electricity and well water stuff yeah. like that. But although like going through those states, then I would feel scared. Like New Hampshire, like doesn't everybody have guns? Like when you. <laughs> I would want to go somewhere where I knew people couldn't didn't have easy access to guns, so then I wouldn't have to run. So you're, like, what? you're gonna go to Canada? Like you need to go to another country, the US. What? <laughs> Does everybody own a gun, and I just don't know? Like, how should I just get one? <laughs> I have a gun on me right. I'm holding my gun right now. <laughs> is that what that is? I don't even know what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of the things that I liked about this movie is that there there was a scene where Forrest Whitaker handed Theo James a gun mm-hmm. and he didn't know how to use it. Yeah. And that was like every time that someone gets a gun in a movie, they're just like, you know, they like put the clip in and like <laughs> chamber it and they start shooting and like headshot guys like left and right. And I'm like, how you you've never like touched a gun before. <laughs> So I, I appreciated the fact that Theo James was like, I don't know what to do yeah. right now. I couldn't use it. And Forrest had to like talk him through it. So Although cool. later on, he's suddenly like a oh, bullseye. Like the absolute mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, it happens. I mean, I guess if Forrest Whitaker taught me how to use a gun, I'd probably be that great too. <laughs> no, no. no, that guy was a marksman. Holy moly. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I don't know. Should we come up with a, a disaster plan now? I think, yeah, I think we should spend the next 45 minutes uh, <laughs> talking about our, <laughs> our <laughs> no, we, we definitely, uh, yeah, that, that's something that we need to bring up like on food night or something and we'll yeah. talk through with a bunch of people, uh, mm-hmm. a disaster plan. Yeah. We need to, we need to get more people on that boat. Yeah. I definitely know that. Cause I have thought about it a lot. <laughs> Um, about the people that I would want with me. And I do want, like, we definitely need a doctor. We need somebody that's, you know, like a, like a green thumb, like somebody that could like make us food. <laughs> yeah. And by make us, I mean like plant it and then make us, cause we're going to have to like live on our own. Right. So like if we could farm, that'll be great. People who can like build things, we can like make shelter and repair homes and stuff. Maybe a mechanic. Like we need, we need to start adding some people to our friend group here so that we could survive. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to start hanging out with some survivalists yeah. and, and doomsdayers. <laughs> be, be great, really branch out. I mean, what are you going to bring to the group if we? <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew it. I. Your good looks aren't going <laughs> to. I'm looking around. I, I, I can cook. I know. I know a few meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a couple of meals. Yeah. A few. You know, get the right ingredients. You could all teach us how to play bumper pool <laughs> in an apocalypse. I, I bring entertainment to the table. <laughs> you bring entertainment, yeah. Yeah. You bring us stories. You know, yeah, I feel like you're like the the history guy. You could tell us about I can be the, the elder. past. Yep. So that we I'll so we can learn from elder. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
and make better decisions for the future. There you go. I'm You'll teach our kids. Through. <laughs> I was I was in a low place for a minute there, and I just, I'm back, baby. Thank you. Glad we talked that through. <laughs> so getting back to the movie, there there was one thing that I was thinking when it first because you know this is my second time through and. When I started watching it, I was like, you know, this beginning is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, you know what? So I'm gonna I'm gonna propose an alternate way to tell the movie. Ooh, okay. tell me what you think here. Okay. So because we have this like the first I don't know 15 minutes are just kind of like going through background and stuff, and you know he's with uh, Sam, his girlfriend, and we find out she's pregnant, and then he's gonna go to chicago to meet the parents and ask for their blessing in marriage and well not meet the we parents because he's already well, met them before meet with them okay meet, yep. meet with them Just go to see clear. them and ask for their their blessing mm-hmm. um i thought it would be a better way to tell the story a more interesting or exciting way to tell the story especially since this is a thriller if we started off the movie with him and also a quick side note the movie opens with credits <laughs> credits yeah well, what is that Open, opening credits can be great. Like there are some mm-hmm. really good opening credits, like mm-hmm. uh, like Casino or The Kingdom, um, where it's just like really well done. I didn't understand why they're opening credits for this, but that's that's fine. But still, it slows the movie down a lot when you're telling a story like this. Mm-hmm. So we start the movie off with him in bed, waking up to hearing the FaceTime call and he wakes up and he's hungover and he answers it and they talk and there's alluding to him being hungover and late for a flight and last night not going well. Mm-hmm. And then disaster strikes. Yeah. So boom, we just drop in, meet these people quickly, understand that they're a couple and something didn't go well last night. And then something, you know, this cataclysmic event happens and then boom, we flash back to like, the night something from the night before so now uh the event happened and we're kind of on the edge of our seat because we just got dropped into this Mm -hmm. and now we're pulling it back so we're still kind of on edge but also there's what's going to happen next and now we tell a little bit of the backstory well that tension builds of what's Mm -hmm. happening back in the present and then we can jump back in the present and he's at the airport and the flights are being canceled and so on and then he goes back and uh, to the apartment and knocks on the door and she opens it up and instead of being present we're back to the night before where he shows up at the house and, and meets with the parents and things aren't going well and then we go back to the present and he's here again so you tell the story through these small little flashbacks as you're you're and that keeps us in in the action and and drops mm-hmm. in the action right away and kind of build that tension and then we slowly learn some backstory as we're going along and that way you can help develop his and Forrest Whitaker's relationship in the present and the past at the same time and see how those change uh, together as you move along. So I don't know if that's like a a cliche way to do it, but I thought it just starts so slow and there's no need for it to be that slow. I think there's a more interesting, entertaining way to, to tell that story. And that comes down to, you know, direction and and editing. And Mm -hmm. that's why those things can be so important because, it's amazing how those decisions can affect the way a story is told and a movie's made. Right. Just like the happening. <clears throat> Just like the happening. I mean, I, <laughs> and it's <great> funny. Movie. <laughs> well, Jared actually compared this to the happening, which yeah, I thought I was interesting, but then I argued with him because I was like, well, I actually like the story of the happening <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I didn't like the story. <laughs> 
so not the same. I'm, I'm with you on the um, app, and I, I like the app. I'm yeah, sure. I but I think what how you described it I, is how I would have wanted this movie to go because as the way that it was told, you're right. Like we didn't really. I mean, like we discussed, like we don't really understand the relationship with him and his future father-in-law. Like it's, we kind of get like a sense, like, okay, like, you know, there's a stupid boat thing. There's, and I, I think I would have liked to see the boat incident. <laughs> you know, like I, I wanted to, to feel the tension between them a little more. And, and what I liked about the boat thing is you didn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. It, it it built up over that you knew something happened with the boat like don't bring up the boat and then he yeah. kind of starts to bring up the boat and he's like don't <laughs> talk about the boat and then you finally at the end get some stuff about the boat and, and i think you know the whole flashback way that i was thinking would be a more interesting way to tell it kind of has that same concept where it, it doesn't just give you all the information up front but mm-hmm. kind of builds it over time uh, yeah, I like seeing him they did really well with the boat uh, in, in building that over time. So, yeah, I would have loved to see that, like actually seeing them like fight about it. You know, this is your fault. And he'd be like, I didn't do it or, you know, whatever. And then flashback to now they're like in the car and he's like staring at him from like the rearview mirror, you know, <laughs> like yeah, just and, like and having like the, the memories of like well, and then yeah. like they would start the conversation, be like, you know, that night I really hated you or like whatever. They'll have like that, you know, talk. Right. And it's, and it's a way to, you, you can juxtapose the flashbacks with what's going on in the present. Like, you know, they, they fight the, the convict, the escaped mm-hmm. convict. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- that's juxtaposed with a flashback to the night before and Forrest Whitaker's giving him a hard time for being a lawyer, being soft or whatever. It's like, that's, that's more interesting coupled with what they're now doing in mm-hmm. like, you know, fighting this guy together and surviving. Yeah. So that that was a, a big thought I had on the way the story was directed and told and, and a more interesting yeah. way to do it. Um, I have, you know, as always, some some random thoughts, some throwaway thoughts. Mm-hmm. So do we want to get into those now or do you have anything else you wanted to add? Well, I, um, I'm glad that you brought up the, the escaped convict thing, because that was one of my questions was like, how did. Well, I didn't like how the movie was so like it just served it in a platter like it was just like here we're driving by a prison and then it was like here a man in a cop car and now we all know that like it was just like i didn't like the way that they weaved that all up it just felt very it felt choppy like it didn't i don't know i didn't like the way that they did that and also even if like us you know the viewers didn't know that we shouldn't trust like the cop like why shouldn't we have trusted it was just a weird scene for him to even get out of the car and then Forrest Whitaker to be like get back in the car like blah, blah, blah. and it's like how do you know that he's I just I don't know <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like Whitaker spoil saw it him. yeah Forrest Whitaker like saw the the cop I mean yeah. in air quotes yeah you know, mm-hmm. and knew immediately that, I mean the guy didn't look like a cop at all why, why? So he, he was in a uniform <laughs> yeah cops have uh, you know regulations for their appearance though the guy had like mutton you know, chops thick, like yeah. mutton chops and he, you could tell right away that he wasn't a cop especially if you used to serve oh okay so maybe that's why because for me like i so i would have been dead <laughs> this is what we're learning is i'm the naive one that would have been dead because and also the cop wouldn't wouldn't react like that he wouldn't get out of the car and you know shock point of shock well, immediately yeah at that point i realized that we were in trouble yeah but i 
like seeing his appearance to me, I was like, well, I'm in a different state. This is a small town. Like he was like in a sheriff's car, you know, like I was just kind of like, I would have written it all off to I'm not from around here. So I don't know how they do. (laughs) So basically I would have been dead. I I need Forrest Whitaker. (laughs) The wild move was Theo James getting out of the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, who does that when they get pulled over? Me you don't all the get time. Out of the car when you get pulled over? Every single time. Oh, I mean, I've never gotten a ticket. So don't worry, I'll take care of this. He gets <laughs> out of the car. What are you thinking, dude? What are you Just thinking? Mhm. Yeah. It was wild. Um well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but speaking of cop cars, real quick. Uh did not know they could tow other cars. Is that like every car? Like cop car or is it just like any car can tow a car if you have the right tools and the brain for it. Like with that attitude, anyone can tow a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I don't know if, if it had a if it had a tow hitch. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I really have no yeah. idea. And this they movie it, was basically a commercial for Cadillac. Yes. Yeah. The it was whole a nice car. Man. <laughs> if you had to travel across the country during an apocalypse, what car would you drive in? I mean, it. I, uh, I'm. I drove across country in a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Oh, then there you I go. I would. I would go with something like that. I mean, yeah. it was roomy, mm-hmm. comfortable, uh, a tank of a car. Yeah, and that's what you're looking for. Something like that, like a, a Range Rover, Land Rover, mm-hmm. Jeep, you know, something that's an SUV. So it's four wheel drive, big, yeah. roomy. But are they good in in gas consumption? <laughs> well, I mean. You could drive cross country in a Prius, but it's not going to be as comfortable, and it's not yeah. uh, not going to hold up in a fight necessarily. Right. Well, I was so thinking I think of like a place, you know, twenty miles per gallon for for having more of a tank. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was thinking like Subarus too. They can be off roady cars and comfortable and. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> mind playing chicken with a, a Subaru, and I have a. A Jeep, though, you know? Yeah. And I guess you could probably find parts for Jeeps. Cars out there. Yeah, you'd probably see more Jeeps along the way than you would a Subaru for parts. And Jeeps are like the adult Legos, aren't they? So, like, you can customize them as much as you want as along the way. You know what? Yeah. I think our disaster plan is very Jeep-oriented. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what the play would be. And at one point, they came across a crash train that had mm-hmm. tanks on it. <laughs> They didn't even try to use the tank. Theo, if that were me, I would be like, "Dude, tank! Like we're taking a tank." Taking I mean, it probably tank. gets like it probably gets like fourteen feet to the gallon, but <laughs> I think you you still do it. I think I mean, it's a tank. <laughs> Nobody would have messed with them. So that would ideally be the play, but if you can't do that, you go with the. Yeah. If you don't have a tank, yeah. <laughs> if you learn yeah. anything today. <laughs> If you don't have a tank, yeah. find a Jeep. It's our new Absolutely. slogan. <laughs> Worth watching once. If you don't have a tank, grab the Jeep. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Anyways, your throwaway closing thoughts there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the uh, first of all, they're they're a hot couple, Theo James and Cat Graham, and that was yeah. a, that was a hot couple. Mm. The I dig the shirt and tie. He shows up to the future in-laws and the, the shirt and tie. Nobody, nobody does that anymore. He was yeah. wearing like a shirt and tie the whole time. Mm-hmm. A very fitted shirt, tie, pants. Yeah. Well, they were tailored for sure. Oh my, I'm surprised that nothing ripped throughout his journey. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good quality. He, he looked great the whole time. Tailor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah. Um, 
movie opened in Chicago. The I, I was there uh, a little over a year ago, did the Chicago River Tour. It was freezing. I was cranky. I still <laughs> loved it. It was a great time. Highly recommended. If you're ever in Chicago, do the, the River Architecture Tour, I think it was called. Neat. So that, that was great. So you get great views of the city mm-hmm. all around. It's probably a lot better in the summer than it was in mid-October. Yeah. But that was still, still pretty awesome. Yeah, I've never been. I do want to go then. And really, the only other thought I had was that we need a disaster plan. So <laughs> we've already covered that. We have to get a plan in place. That's going to be uh, something we'll have to put together in the next couple of weeks. We recommend that everyone, mm-hmm. after watching this movie, put together some sort of a robust disaster plan. Yeah, PSA. How you're going to keep in touch. Um, I think this is going to be one of my my goals for 2021. Make sure people are aware of the issues that can arise from not doing something yeah. like this. I mean, after the the year we've been having, <laughs> I think a disaster plan should be in everybody's happen. mind. Okay, listeners, uh, you guys can always find us on on our social medias, on Instagram and Twitter. Please let us know what we should be putting on our disaster plans. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to hear from you guys what exactly. we've overlooked. Disaster plans. Yeah, you know, and if you guys want to meet up, you know, maybe we could start our own little community. Uh, once the this whole thing ends, yeah, and then you know, I like have, that. yeah, and then I'm sure that there are listeners out there that know how to cook and <laughs> farm. Uh, and I'm still the elder, though. No one's you're still my eldest. I need something. <laughs> We're both the entertainers. What am I going to do? I can't fix a clarinet post apocalypse. Like, who's going to be playing clarinet? We need, we need art. <laughs> we need the art. Come on. There's I'll learn how to fix a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. So, uh, should we should we answer the big question? How it ends? Was it worth watching once? Um, listen, if you go into this movie blind, like I did, and you want to know how it ends, watch it. <laughs> I can't yeah. say it seriously, uh, but no, I think it was it was fun. If anything, to get the conversation started with you and your loved ones about your disaster plan, this is a movie, you know, to get that going. I love watching a movie that raises questions and starts conversations. Mm -hmm. Like a movie you can watch and you're like, how would I react in this situation? What would we do here? Yeah. Stuff like that. that, that, This movie's great for that. Any any apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic movie is, is great for that sort of stuff. I thought this movie was enjoyable and actually not that bad. The end was super disappointing. Yeah. I thought. And, you know, <laughs> my second time watching it, I just, knowing how it was going to end and, like, you know, when that end started, I just started laughing. I just started bursting out laughing. Like, <laughs> this is so ridiculous that it's going to end like this which i think i mean that's part of the reason to watch it too like this ending is just so disappointing and worth watching i think it is worth watching but that you do there are more questions than there are answers in this movie so if you're the type of person that likes answers maybe don't watch this movie but if you're the type of person that likes to raise all these questions and like sit around and discuss it this is definitely a discussion movie I mean, we could, we yeah, could keep going. Definitely. There's so much more that we need to cover in this movie, but we don't want to spoil anything for you listeners. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I did this for our last episode. I don't think I'll be doing it every, every time, but there was one IMDb review Oof. that I saw that I thought was perfect oh, in, so in summarizing what was going on with this movie. And actually, and before you, the, I was going to say, before you do the review, um, we did get a sponsor 
for this episode. Wow. Mm -hmm. Let's hear it. Today's episode was sponsored by Ricky's Remote Reservation Repairs. We'll fix it on the road as we go. Yes, that is so good. Ricky. Yeah. Ricky. I mean, they... I wish we could talk more about Ricky. Yeah. Personalized... Some other... You know, service. Like, beyond... Yeah. I mean, I... The best. Comes with a little sass, too. Yeah. Oh, all the sass. (laughs) All the sass. So this this user review is titled, And Where is the Rest of the Film? (laughs) (laughs) This film has so much going for it, and then nothing. Save yourself the time and don't bother. The film producers didn't. And it's a, it looks like a three-star review. It's still got three Wait, stars. It's still three stars. It's still got three stars, which I, I appreciate. You know, that's someone who just doesn't go with the one or ten uh, binary scale. So um, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but I think this movie would have had a much, much better ranking mm-hmm. if it didn't have the ending Did that it, it has. Um, well, I think that probably ruined it for some viewers it did it didn't for me i didn't think it was great i remember the first time i saw it, i was shocked mm. that it, it was ending like that and i was pretty disappointed but i i still think it's a film worth watching i mean you still sat through it for the second time i sat through it for the second time so I it's it's it. worth I, who knows maybe i'll roll it back again someday yeah i mean the ride was with ricky <laughs> the ride was worth it not the ending. This movie's not about how it ends, but how it started and how it's going. That's the irony. <laughs> how um, it ends, it ends, yeah, poorly. But. How it ends, we're the ones that end it. I mean, that's the whole, this writer, I don't know if you looked up the writer. This is his like second or third, maybe, maybe I think it's like his second thing that he's ever written. He hasn't done much. And maybe this was his big plan to just, it's not about how the movie ends, but how we as a society will end if anything like this were to happen. Wow. It, it was his first uh, movie credit as, as writer. And his next one is going to be Rambo new blood, which is a TV series based on the Rambo movies. Oh man. So what can we look forward to with Rambo <laughs> first blood or oh. new blood or all the blood? <laughs> I, uh, I mean, Hollywood careers are, are fascinating to me. I wish I knew more about that that world. Like, what was it about How It Ends that got made? What mm-hmm. else has this guy written that didn't get made? Yeah, and, I mean, they yeah, had a big budget writers, too. Oh yeah, the the effects were. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, this. I mean, the, the carnage was awesome. Well, car- not not people carnage, but like the. <laughs> I like seeing the yeah. destruction of like the towns and right it was well in in um you know one of the early scenes they're in the in Forest Whitaker's apartment uh or condo it was, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful beautiful place they lived yeah um and a jet flew by which first of all I mean that was a jet would never do that I mean <laughs> it would blow out all the windows as yeah. as right next to the building um that was insane and wasn't also, it an like, f-22 totally I think it was a. I think it was an F twenty two. I think you're right, Thais. Or big, uh, big, big planes podcast. Yeah, uh, we did see a Nightwing or a Hawkeye or whatever. It was. Oh yeah, it was Blackhawk. 
Blackhawk. There it is. Blackhawk. <laughs> yeah. We saw Blackhawk. Uh, but yeah, that, that jet flying by, mm-hmm. that was, and also, it was, it was a good effect. Like, it looked good. Yeah. But also, like, what a waste of money. <laughs> why did they, why did they include that? There's yeah. no need for that. Well, I was surprised that it's funny because in that same, well, not the same scene, but in that same apartment <laughs> um, is when the main character is, what's his name? <laughs> Have we talked about his name the whole time? In the movie name, Will. I've just been saying Theo James. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> his name is Will. <laughs> um, when he came in to sit down and force workers like, here, like drink some scotch or whatever. Um, and you can see the the way that the the camera is shot they're sitting on the couch and you can see the view of the city of like their big windows, like looking out. And I was thinking like, well, that's clearly not the city. <laughs> like that apartment doesn't exist, but you did see their reflections in the glass. So then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> oh, good catch. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that's again, more questions than answers, but. <laughs> it's just well done a fact. No yeah. chance they filmed that. Uh, yeah. So all the money, <laughs> all the money went to that one scene looking realistic of this green screen and a reflection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this is how it ends. <laughs> we should end. We should end right there. We should just end abruptly. <laughs> yeah. Movie it ended disappointingly. Don't even say bye. Let's just cut it right here. <laughs> Not right here, though. Explain. Yeah, it. right, cut right it, before. Like, yeah, note to self: movie, cut it right before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I probably should. We should still say you can find us anywhere. <laughs> Please. Feel free. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> I can't. I can just imagine, like it just goes silent, and then it's less. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> They'll get it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Thanks for listening to Worth Watching Once. As always, you guys can find us on Instagram at Worth Watching Once or on Twitter at WW1Pod. Let us know in the comments what our disaster plans should be. And if you guys have any other movies that we should be checking out on Netflix. Thanks again, guys. 